Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Yeah, news, opinion, Wisconsin, and right now, Gabe Neitzel from ESPN 94.5. Hi, Gabe. What's going on, bud? So I'm, I wanted to bring you back because we had talked last week in the run-up to the uh, the big win over Dallas. You, you saw that coming. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> clearly saw them scoring 40-plus points and just continuing to uh, just dominate one of the best defenses in the league, yes. It was a shocking game because at one point my wife, we, we hardly ever watch, well, unless we're at the games mm-hmm. in person, we usually watch in different rooms and we react differently and all that stuff. <laughs> well, we were watching this one together because we could only watch the first half and then we had to go to a Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, But you didn't need to watch the second half. There was 27-7. It, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. But we're sitting there like, and it was, like, was it 27 and nothing or 20? They, they got up after the pick six it was 27 nothing it's like what is this team that we're watching and 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 it was eerily reminiscent i think it was the atlanta game in 2010 divisional round where you had that late and a half pick Pick six six from yeah that was tremont williams this one coming from uh darnell savage i I think most people thought if they were going to win this game it'd have to be some sort of shootout so you know the offense continuing but the, the crazy part is to me is jordan love played his best game like in terms of almost perfect p- p- the passer rating and all those things against the bears like he he you know just absolutely lit up the bears to follow that up and, and the yardage wasn't up there because I mean, he only had to throw 21 times because they ran the ball so efficiently, especially in the second half. And the turnovers that they had to shorten the field, one of them obviously was the pick six, but he had his best game in terms of quarterback rating now back to back weeks. Might need to do it. I mean, it's going to be tough to do 158.3, which is perfect against the right. 49ers, but they need that level of Jordan Love to continue to go forward. You mentioned the running game. That is the key, right? You have Aaron Jones, who's now gone off four weeks in a row, seems like healthy as he's been in a long time. That's the key to actually having a chance in San Francisco, in my opinion. My biggest gripe, and I, I, I've been bringing this up for years with, with Aaron Jones, and there's no doubt he's a, a dynamic player, but... He had, prior to this streak, he'd gone back to back hundred yard games once in his career. Like there was a consistency level that just wasn't there. And sometimes it was because they didn't give him the ball enough. Sometimes it was he wasn't the efficient one. Like they ended up giving the ball to Jamal Williams when he was on the team, and he would be the one having the efficient game. So there was a consistency thing there. But for him to go back to back to back to back four in a row now for Aaron Jones since he's come back, that's been a huge part of because Matt LaFleur always talks about marrying some of the run looks with the pass looks, and those two things are just working in concert together right now. A lot of the national conversation revolves around Matt LaFleur's offense and the comfortability of the players within, including Aaron Jones, Jordan Love, receivers. You buy into that? I think that's part of it, and Matt LaFleur deserves a lot of credit because if you think back to October, it wasn't just Jordan Love who was struggling. I mean, how many times at the end of a play did two guys, like, two guys were you to me apart? Yes. Like, all right, Matt LaFleur's not calling a play. He does, I guarantee you, he doesn't have a play in the playbook <laughs> where two guys end up three yards two apart. Two receivers from, can shake hands as they're yes, running. At, at the end. Like, that's, that's not how NFL offenses work. These guys just didn't know what, you know. So whenever he decided he was taking the training wheels off this offense, because let's face it, the offense hadn't earned it to that point. He's, hey, you know what? We just got to let it rip. And for whatever reason, those guys just responded to that, and the offense has been clicking ever since. Is it is it literally a flip of the switch? It it's it started to make sense, or it has I, to be something. I, I I wish somebody could explain it to me. But I, I don't know if it was hey. He's putting his faith in us. We need to reward that faith. And to a man, they've been able to pick it up and they've been able to figure it out and and they've been rolling since then. But. 
Because this offense in October, it looks drastically different, and I cannot think of a team that's made this drastic of a change outside of adding a player. The only thing I can make it make a little more sense, so if you remember back in 2014, the first half of the defense that year, it was bad. Mm-hmm. They ended up putting Clay Matthews at inside linebacker, and it was a completely different defense for the last eight games of that regular season and into the postseason run that we don't need to talk about how it <laughs> right. ended. But but at least that, okay, they made Clay, and that made things make sense. There wasn't any big grand change to this team because, well, there couldn't be. It's just they the, the pieces started to fall into place. The other big, we're talking to Gabe Neitzel from our teammates over at uh, Jen Gabe and Chewy Show, ESPN 94.5. Other big talking point is the receiving core. They they have just an amazing story. Every week, somebody else shows up. Every week, it's a different person. Tight end, receiver, uh, uh, Dobbs this week, or last or last Sunday. It is a very unique situation where you have all of these young receivers who seem to be hitting their stride at just the right moment. And right now, it works. I mean, C.D. Lamb had over a thousand, had like a thousand yards more than the Packers' leading receiver. Right? But with that comes, okay, you need to get him the ball. And he was obviously frustrated with not getting the ball, whereas the Packers' leading receiver this year was Jaden Reed. He had his first 100-yard game. The Packers did not have a 100-yard receiver in a game until three weeks ago when Bo Melton was the first to do it. Then Jaden Reed did it against the Bears, and this week it was Romeo Dobbs who had disappeared. And Jaden Reed, despite being the team's leading receiver, despite having the big game at 100 yards against Chicago the week before, Zero yards. Which just blows me away. And and at no point did he look frustrated. There's a great clip of him talking to Aaron Jones that's been circulating on social media, like complimenting Jones on the sideline, saying, man, I love playing with you. You're a guy that I want to play with. Not just play with, but play for. And the, the, the morale that all these guys have together right now is sky high. Is it the youth... And the fact that these guys don't have like an older quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. the, the elephant in the room, right? He's gone. Is it the fact that they've kind of, they're all around the same age, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones is like the old guy. Well, yeah. And it's funny because we went through this with every iteration of the Packers. Like, what, especially once you got rid of Sterling um, with the Packers after he left in 94, like you could see that in 1995 with Brett and Robert and Chewy and, and all these guys that are around the same age kind of grow together. And it was the same thing when Aaron took over. Yeah, you still had Donald Driver, but it didn't take long for Driver to kind of get surpassed by Greg Jennings, Jordy, James Jones. After you win the Super Bowl, then you add the Randall Cobb in there. And you have a group of guys that are around the same age and just kind of grow together. It's the same thing is happening with this team. They just don't have that, that veteran statesman. Who, by the way, I thought they needed a veteran receiver, especially early. So because that was that was kind of the blueprint that was missing from Brett from, you know, when we mentioned Sterling and Donald Driver. I thought that was somebody that they would need. Seven games in, we thought... They made a mistake, and clearly they they were able to overcome that throughout the course of the season. Beating Dallas is one thing, but our nemesis over the last decade or so has been the San Francisco 49ers, generally playing in San Francisco. We all remember the Colin Kaepernick game where he set records for just destroying the team oh, yeah. without his, not I, with his arm, with his legs. Got reminded of that yesterday after Josh Allen had the 52-yard yes. run, which was the second longest run yes. by a quarterback in playoff history. I felt like a dagger to my heart <laughs> when I heard that, that commentary from, I think it was Jim Nance. Yeah, it was Nance who threw it out there. I mean, so this is a big hill to climb. Mm-hmm. Now, given what I saw last week, given the mood of this team, Nothing would surprise me. They could get blown out, they could win. I, nothing would surprise me. The way they played on Sunday, that team can play with and beat anyone in the NFL. 
And that's now consistency clearly has been the issue because it wasn't that long ago where the sky was falling and they were giving up 14 points in six minutes to the Carolina Panthers and Jair was doing it. That wasn't that long ago. That wasn't a part of the October they didn't win a game thing. So consistency has clearly been an issue with this team. But their ceiling, they can play with anyone. Now, the team they're playing this week has been one of the most consistent in the league. They have one of the most talented rosters in the league. Bunch of all pros over on that other side. So it is a tall task, not just because they've been the nemesis of the Packers, but because I think two teams have really separated themselves in the NFL this year, and that's the Ravens and 49ers. Given all of that, given those Pro Bowl players that uh, will just face that challenge in Dallas and it didn't work out too well for Dallas, what type of game do you expect to see on Saturday night? I think this is actually going to be a shootout because... The one thing the Cowboys really struggled with offensively is running the ball. They weren't very efficient at it. And as we know as Packer fans, Mike McCarthy's not going to ever really commit to the run. (laughs) We know Kyle Shanahan will. We've seen Kyle Shanahan do it against the Packers. If you cannot stop the run, which is something the Packers have struggled with, Kyle Shanahan, he doesn't care if he throws it ten times. I'm sure he'd like to, but he's going to run it down your throat. He has proven that he will be patient and continue to do that. So the Packers have to do that. That being said... The Packers have the best quarterback left in the NFC. This game, if they win it, the next game, they're going to have the best quarterback on the field. And the way that the NFL is structured, that's the most important position. If you have an advantage there, you got a shot anywhere. Even though that Niners defense is really good, the way Jordan Love is playing, the way that they're dialing up plays, like Jordan Love can move the ball. That travels. That type of play, that offense, it travels. It can go anywhere. Early forecasts say muddy track. Do they have any... Uh... Um. It doesn't make me feel great again because this this Joe Barry run defense over the course of his track record, whether it was here, whether it was Washington, whether it was Detroit, um, he hasn't really shown any interest in wanting to stop the run. It's a defense that when you get the lead the way they did, you can play with that lead, but you've got to commit resources to stopping the run. When they've done that and then open up things in the back end, that gets a little sketchy. That can get a little scary. Uh, for folks who want to tune in on Saturday, I'm sure you got a full range of coverage going on. Yeah, we do. So we're going to have um, pregame. You know, that's going to be uh, Green Bay game day as we have. Not quite sure who's going to be participating in that. I'll be back with our sidecast. We did it. Had a lot of fun. I heard about that. Ben Brust, Tori Lowe from uh, 101.7 The Truth. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, Josh DiMaggio was hanging out. Brad Nortman, who's over on 94.5 ESPN. We had a whole cast of characters here. So if you're watching the game, want to pull up a little YouTube stream along with it, get some extra analysis, we'll be doing that. And, of course, Green Bay game night, me, Homer, Tausch, we'll react with you after the game. I've listened to so many of those this year. And uh, mostly, I, most of the times I went to games, they won the games. Sure. Homer and Tausch over the, over the moon over this team. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting season. It's I cannot... I asked Rob Domofsky this on our show earlier because I cannot think of a quarterback or even any player that has shown this much in-season progress as Jordan Love. Like You can think of it over an off-season. Somebody makes that year two to year three or year three to year four leap. But for him to grow from where he was at the end of October to now, I cannot think of a player who's grown this much in-season. From in-season desperation to playoff delights, right? That game Saturday or Sunday was amazing, and we shall see what happens Saturday night in, in San Francisco, or I should say San Jose. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Santa Clara, whatever. Whatever. whatever wherever they are in Northern California. Yeah, so I'm excited for this week, only for this reason. All unexpected. That, well, and, and that's why I'm trying to, as a Packers fan, savor this as much. Because yeah. after, after this run is over, no matter what happens... The expectations come. 
And this is just more fun because it, it was unexpected. So I'm trying to savor that Bears win. I'm trying to savor this Cowboys win a little bit more than I typically would because after this year, in 2024, expectations are going to be placed upon Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Off-season this year, however this shakes out, is going to be absolutely amazing because they've got this young talent that you can build upon. They've got draft capital. they got a ton oh, of they picks. they got a bunch of picks. What's this team going to look like next year? It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I don't know what the team's going to look like next year, but it's going to be fun regardless. All right, Gabe Knights, I always appreciate the conversation. ESPN 94.5, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Check them out 7 a.m. right right here on the network, GKB. On GKB. Yep. Appreciate the time, Steve. Absolutely, always fun to talk to you.